I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. And I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on the go finance tips. Even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our money. Megan and I are going to do a Q&A today. So uh, when we do these, we find a great question. There's always great questions in my Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes if you're interested in joining us for the conversation on Facebook. And uh, we get quite a few questions on how advisors are paid. How do I find an advisor? What's the difference between an advisor and a planner? And so there was this one the other day that says... uh, I'm looking for advice on the best bank to deal with for financial planning. I'm currently with a credit union and I'd like to find a bank that gives solid advice on stocks and investments and a way to plan for retirement. Megan, if somebody called you up and asked you that question, what would you say? I would say that likely you're going to get half of what you're looking for solved by going to a bank. So the bank is probably going to like each bank has a planning arm and a stock and investment arm. Mm -hmm. It's really rare to see the the bridge that gaps both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be that it's not particularly the bank like the brand that's important, but maybe the advisor at that branch or mm-hmm. institution, because there's two ways that we can invest. One is with mutual funds, like pooled assets, where it's not, an ind- you're not going to buy a, you know, a Tesla stock or mm-hmm. a TD stock. You're going to buy a pool of all these different things, or you can go somewhere and buy those things as well in addition to bonds and individual stocks Mm -hmm. and so if you want individual things you need to go to like an rbc dominion securities where it's like the investment arm but although Mm -hmm. they may give you a plan they may just specialize in picking the portfolio agreed that's that's the tricky part about it is it's like some people are super good at that portfolio creation. Mm-hmm. Other people are really good about talking to you about, okay, this is where your starting point is. This is where you want to go. Let's create that roadmap to get you there. But maybe mm-hmm. aren't so good at explaining the portfolio construction of it all. Totally. Yeah. So when I see this question, I mean, the first thing that jumps out to me is, um, somebody wanting to work with a bank. I'm not saying you shouldn't work with a bank. I'm not saying banks are bad. But wanting, like having the desire and the objective of working with a bank is odd to me because I'm not sure what a bank offers that if you did some research that you wouldn't find elsewhere for better or cheaper. 
like I said, I'm not saying banks are bad. There's incredible people that work at banks. But my biggest beef with the banks and why I wouldn't suggest to, you know, my mom to go there, for example, um, is the high turnover. Um, I want people working with somebody who they can work with long term. They can, they can get to know who they can ask their questions of and that relationship can mature. And while, yes, this can happen at a bank, it often doesn't happen at a bank. Mm-hmm. So it's the first thing that jumps out to me is the the desire of wanting a bank. Um, I would ask why they wanted a bank specifically. Um, and my guess is they're just a like traditionalist. You know, their parents banked, use the bank. They've always enjoyed their relationships at the bank. The bank is a physical place. It's a big company that they feel safe with. Um, so yeah, that's the first thing that jumps out at me. And then the, the second piece of it is what you were referring to on like the portfolio management, the, the bank versus the investment arm. This industry is like riddled with confusion, um, on like, what is an advisor? What is a planner? What is a, what is a what, right? So a portfolio manager like their job is to manage the portfolio, to rebalance it, to buy and sell, to like, it is what is going inside of your investment basket. That's different than a financial planner. Mm-hmm. A financial planner is talking to you about cash flow. They're talking to you about retirement goals. Um, what else do you talk about as a financial planner? I think to it's almost like a money mindset thing. Like, yeah, yeah. More big picture. Yeah. And considering where you are right now and where you want to go, your appetite for risk in like Mm -hmm. a real conversation, not Mm -hmm. like our conversation with Michelle in the few episodes back where it was talking about, um, she was like they ask you questions like are you gonna jump out of whatever where it has nothing to do with your actual money in terms of evaluating your risk portfolio so I yeah like yeah the the roles in the industry are confusing right and like where does the invest or sorry not investment where does the um uh insurance planner or advisor fit in sometimes that is the financial planner sometimes it's not you are almost never going to find any insurance conversations inside of a bank, Um, at least where I'm from in BC, you aren't allowed to talk about insurance inside of a bank. It is against regulation. Who knows why? I don't know. If you walk out the door and around the corner to the other side of the bank and enter separately, you're allowed to talk about insurance over there, but you're not allowed to talk about it in the branch. Um, if anybody has an explanation for that, feel free to uh, drop me a, a DM because to this day, I do not understand those regulations. Um, I'm sure they're there for good reason. I just don't know what the reason is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so typically what you're going to find at a bank is a bank employee who is trained on bank products. Um, those products, might be great. They may or may not be right for you. And they have a certain level of training for, um, for investments um, and planning. And then if you have a portfolio over, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say 500,000, 
that's when you will work with those senior planners or senior advisors. I'm not sure what all the different banks um, call them. Um, and so finding, if you are really committed to working with a bank, finding one that has products that fit you mm -hmm. and then trying to find the, the professional who works there, the, let's call them the advisor, trying to find the advisor that works well with your personality it's much less, you know, personalized, right? Whereas if you go outside of the bank or credit union or these, you know, bigger institutions, you can really start interviewing advisors and planners and finding out who works for you, right? Like Megan works with real estate investors. Yeah. That is different than somebody who works with you know, small businesses yeah. or like there's so many different types of, of planners. Um, and I just think it's so important if this is a long-term uh, journey for you, which if you're in your 30s, 40s or 50s, uh, you fall into that category that this is a long-term journey for you and finding somebody who you can work with over a period of time and get to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I don't mind the banks. Um, I'm not a bank hater. I just think it's hard to choose your professional when you're inside the bank. Yeah. And, and I, think too, I never really lasered in on that part of the question. So it's so funny. Like when she said banks, I just kind of just assumed it meant like institution, but yeah. I think you nailed it with being just if you want to use a bank because of the brand name, because of the ease of flexibility that they're all over the place, whatever it is. But it's also important to know, like with that turnover question, you won't grow with this person. Like at the banks are constantly cycling through people. If you're in your early thirties, likely you don't have a ton of money right now. So you're going to start off with that, you know, starter junior type account representative. Absolutely. And as you grow your wealth, you may move to people who can offer you ex I don't want to more advanced strategy. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's going to be a new person and then a new person. And then that person's going to switch roles. Yeah. And have a new person. Um, well, that junior advisor, they have career goals. Yeah. They do not want to open RESPs all day long. That is not <laughs> their, you know, what they wrote on their tenure goals so if you have a small portfolio and it is small for a number of years you know where a hello my name is tag every single you go every single time you go to an appointment because it's going to be somebody different yeah. every single time as they yeah. go up the ladder yeah and I also feel like banks lack flexibility so like yes if you want to book an appointment with your advisor it's like you're going to be going in there it's not going to likely be over zoom or a phone call you're going to have to mm -hmm. physically go there it's going to be during work hours so it's just keeping that in mind too because I know I find that really annoying it's almost like a lot of their systems are still archaic in nature where it's like you physically need me and my husband there like I haven't seen him in two weeks like we have four kids <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this he's doing that uh 
And the one place I'm going to see him is at the bank. Like that's not going to happen. That's sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I also Mm -hmm. feel like when you're looking for advice, if you're the person that you're looking for is focused on the investment part of it without considering how that affects the other facets of your financial health, like your cash flow. Mm-hmm. I think that's not a red flag, but it's something when you're interviewing and looking for things, you want them to say, okay, well, let's look at where you are right now and where you want to go and allow them to lead the conversation instead of them putting that onus on you. Hey, Megan here. I don't mean to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to pop in and say how grateful Lindsay and I are to have you choose us to be in your earbuds today. If you have a quick second, we will really appreciate you hitting the subscribe and leaving us a five-star review. It really helps us promote our podcast more than you know. Now on to the rest of the episode. Because you're there because you don't know how much to invest. You don't know what's going on. You need someone to kind of handhold you for a bit. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I really didn't like um, when I was first starting out, because I would say to people, like, how much can you afford to invest? And mm-hmm. now that I'm a more experienced professional, uh, I am, I will lead that conversation because people, and if I didn't do this for a living, I also wouldn't know. I don't know how much I have to invest. Oh, absolutely not. And how much you can afford is irrelevant. I'm sorry. Your goals don't care (laughs) about what you can afford right now. We got to figure out the goals and then find ways to afford it. And if we can't afford it, then we need to shift the goal. We need to find more income. We need to come up with a, with a different, with a different strategy. So I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. So it could be like that. She not, she doesn't need a bank. It could be that she just needs maybe a robo advisor to create the portfolio for her while she gets going and somebody to help her walk through. Okay. How much can you afford? Let's walk through that and find out what that savings capacity is. Now, if you can maintain that savings capacity for X number of years at this rate of return in this portfolio, what does it look like in 10, 15, 25 years? And how does that feel for you? Does it even make sense? Yeah. Um, and just the, the, it's like the two pieces, the portfolio management, but then it's also like that nitty gritty, how much are you contrib- contributing and where? And actually yeah. I just did a post on my social media about this because I had a really hard day this week where this, this couple reached out to me and for some reason, CRA is asking her to make installments for her next ta- upcoming tax year. And she's like, why am I having to make installments? I don't even make that much money. <laughs> she's huh. like, what is going on here? And it was because she was dipping into her RSPs and she had all these different income streams happening. They don't communicate oh. to each other. So she actually didn't pay enough tax, but she had all of her TFSA room. Mm -hmm. left Mm -hmm. and I thought Mm -hmm. if you would have talked to me 10 years ago you would you are paying way more tax than you should totally yeah and you have to yeah 
So it's not only the portfolio management and the now investment, putting money into those, what do you call yeah. them? Alphabet soups or whatever you, you, you call them. On oh, one? the acronyms? The acronym. Yeah. So that's, it matters. So, so it's like, sometimes totally. it matters. Sometimes yes. you do something. Yeah. Get started, start doing something. But then yeah. like, once you get that rhythm, you need to talk mm-hmm. to a professional and say, Okay, am I doing yeah. the right acronym? <laughs> yes. And that's why I think having the same person to talk to over and over, coming yeah. back to the same plan, um, having somebody be able to look at their notes and remember who you are and why did we decide TFSA over RSP last year? Um, yeah. There's many different reasons on why you might do that. Um, if you forget between one meeting and the other and you, for some reason, start putting your money in the, the wrong acronym account, you can come back to that that advisor or that planner a year later and they can be like, whoa, whoa, you took a left turn. We said we were going to go right. Let's do like, let's get back on track here. Um, and so those are the reasons that I that I am not um, a fan of bank um, advisors um, and I think, you know, in the greater context of like, how do I find somebody? Um, it is, I think that this is difficult. I really honestly think it's difficult to find the right person. Um, because to me, some of my prerequisites when I'm looking for a professional, um, and if I was me looking for a financial professional specifically, I want somebody either in my city or in the same time zone as me. Um, having a different time zone, like that's just hard. Mm-hmm. That's just hard. And if you have a flexible schedule and they have a flexible schedule, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. But having those conversations, if they work nine to five and they're in a different time zone than you, then all of a sudden it's, you're not video meeting your email meeting. Right. So like that's somebody there's something, um, somebody that has a personality that you enjoy yeah. and that's hard to test you need to have a conversation with them um there's a lot of people in this industry that rub me the wrong way and i would hate to find that out on meeting three after i signed an engagement agreement and bought my products from them Um, so finding somebody that i enjoy talking to um and approachable yeah 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 you never want to feel like oh i don't want to bother them but absolutely yeah okay keep going yeah. Um, I want somebody who answers my dumb questions mm-hmm. because my questions are always dumb questions because I'm not educated on the topic that they are. Yeah. So I love dumb questions. I think dumb, like the world is made of dumb questions. <laughs> um, and I want somebody who will answer my dumb questions without making me feel dumb. Um, and I want somebody who has products that are suited for me. Mm-hmm. Which again, that's difficult for somebody who doesn't know what's available in the world. Yeah. But I don't want to start working with somebody at my age, I'm almost 40, who says, I'm great at planning. I got access to lots of different products. And then they go and sell me a SIG fund. Like, I don't want that. That wouldn't be right for me right now. Mm-hmm. But so finding somebody who has the right products and then the right fees. Like fees do make a difference (laughs) and I don't want to go and buy a bunch of seg funds and mutual funds and things with high fees at this 
stage because that's going to really impact me over time. Mm -hmm. um, and so <clears throat> maybe uh, let's put this letter to do. Maybe we should make like a little a little quiz or checklist or something on how to find your professional. Um, because for those of you listening, if you've ever Googled this, what you find is like, how many years of experience do you have? What designation do you have? Um, okay, those things are important, but I actually, as long as they're a good, you know, a good standing professional, I think those pieces are less important than some of the ones that I've mentioned. You could have somebody with more letters after their name than they have in their name, yes. and they're still not a good fit, and they're charging you 2.6%. <laughs> yes. right and so I think I I don't I also feel like there's not enough money conversations happening in normal yeah. everyday life if you know somebody who maybe on the outside looking in seems like they're just killing it with their finances mm -hmm. just ask them who they're working with that could be like because totally. it's one of those things where I've always said why I mean, I get that I'm not everybody's cup of tea either. Like I am, You're my cup of tea. Yeah. I I am an oversharer. I I like both the planning aspect, but I also like want to know people as humans, whereas mm -hmm. some people are like strictly business. So like mm -hmm. I wouldn't be the right fit for that kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always say, like, why is anyone with rental properties not working with me? Like there is nobody better. Yeah. Yeah. work with you than me because I have rental properties. I'm talking about that portion of people's portfolios every day. I'm an expert in making sure that not only are they profitable, but how to liquidate, how to accumulate all the things. Yeah. Um, and you have, everyone has something like that. Totally. Like everyone's like, okay, well, I want to be a snowbird. Well, you should be working with someone who specializes in getting you there. I'm Absolutely. a business owner. Well, you should be working with an advisor who works with business owners because they know every question, every question that you have, they're going to come and they're going to be able to help you. Absolutely. I'm so glad that I'm uh, wearing a headset and that uh, my dog can't hear your dog. Otherwise, we would have competing um, dogs. Can anybody hear her cute little dog in the background? Uh, <laughs> that is um mom podcasting life right there for you people um <clears throat> yeah I completely I completely agree it's um what's that old saying like I I can help anybody reach a goal um if I can just find people that know what they want that's like the most unsuccinct way of saying the the quote that I'm thinking of um <clears throat> and most people are not sure what they are looking for because this industry is really complicated on what the options are. And so, you know, take a, take a minute to learn um, before doing those interviews um, and don't focus just on a checklist that you found online asking about somebody's background and credentials. Um, those are important questions to ask, but ask the hard questions. You know, how long are you going to be in the industry? Do you work with people like me? Mm -hmm. Don't work with your dad's advisor who only works with, you know, people like him. Maybe he's a business owner in his seventies. <laughs> that might not be the right person for you. If you want to be, you know, a world traveler, nomad, um, minimalist, right? Uh, find 
find an advisor or planner who works with people like you, who has products for people like you, whose fees line up and who you enjoy hanging around. Um, and if you can do that at the bank or the credit union, then um, that's awesome. It's not where you do it. It's who you're doing it with. Yeah. Um, that sounds like I'm talking about something that's not financial planning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rules for life, everybody. <laughs> rules for life. And I think it's too about identifying what's important to you. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's certain, I don't know if I should use advisor or planner, or whatever the coach, whatever kind of term uh-huh. they're going to use, where it could be, you know, I'm really struggling with my ADHD. Well, then maybe you should work with a advisor, coach, or planner that works with people with ADHD. I'm really struggling with, I just need a plan. Well, then that really narrows it down for you. You just need to find that compatibility. Totally. Agreed. And and also remembering that you're not getting married to this person. Like, Uh you can share your information. You can get a plan. If it doesn't work out, you can go and find someone else. It's just a matter of getting that exercise that muscle exercised of mm-hmm. actually talking about your money trying to implement some of the strategies and tactics that you're gathering while you're working with different professionals mm-hmm. agreed um just one quick final note from me on um advisor versus planner um many people ask what the difference is they're quite interchangeable in many ways and how they are used. Um, If you are looking for a certified financial planner, that would be different than just a planner or an advisor, whether it's an advisor with an E or advisor with an O, don't get caught up in that stuff. Um, People, depending on who they work for, um, what their choice was when they were asked what they wanted to put on their business card (laughs) that might be the only thing that has determined what their uh what their title is at work um and so don't get caught up too much in in what their title is of course if you're looking for somebody with a designation specifically then go and find somebody with a designation but don't get worried about the uh don't get worried about the uh title outside of that okay sounds good all right, go find your people. Send us messages if uh, if you want our help with sorting that out. Thanks for spending your time with us today. Yeah, bye. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today. Go talk to someone about your money. Either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group black is the new red so join us over there head over to facebook type in black is the new red you'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better asking the right questions supporting one another we look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines cheers